Blog Talk Radio. It's your girl, Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. We come to you live weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So glad that you're checking us out. If you miss any of the show live or you want to hear some of our last shows, you can definitely log on to CyBrownMorningShow.com or you can listen to some of the shows through iTunes. So for all of you iFanatics, be it a uh, a pod, uh, a cast, or a pad, whatever it is on I, you can find the Cybrow Morning Show. So big shout-out to everybody who listens every day. Thank you so much for your ears, and thank you so much for your support. Just letting everybody know that the chat room is open. I love chatting with you live during the show. That just adds a – that's like the little sprinkles on top of the cupcake because it's good that I'm not just here with guests and things like that talking. It's excellent when there's some feedback and you're hitting me back and you're saying, Sai, ask this question, and you're getting your answer questions answered in real time. So big shout-out to everybody who joins us in the chat room. Just want to share this. Yesterday we had a re- well we have good shows all the time but yesterday we had a really good show Soulful Thoughts author Rick Smith was with us yesterday and I got a text message during the show and then a phone call right after the show that people were trying to call in and it kept saying that the show's um dial in lines were full I apologize for that and to the best of my knowledge that has been fixed so now if you want to listen I don't know um what was going on but the lines were full. So I reached out yesterday, so you should not have that problem anymore. We want to make sure if you want to call in and listen to the show, you can listen through your cell phone and you don't miss any portion of it. Today's topic, wow, this is this is so good, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Today's topic is This Week in World News. Many of you know I launched Cybrown Global this week, and the whole purpose of Cybrown Global is to really bring you Breaking international news when you need it. I have shared so many times that the gist of what I do every day is to really be a light in dark places. And for those who are religious and spiritual, you know that we are supposed to be the light of the world. We are supposed to be a beacon of light. Those who know a little bit better, we're supposed to do better. And there are people who have helped me on my journey, and there are too many to mention, but they were a light in my world. So I just hope to pay it forward and be a light to other people. And one of the things that I found is that many of my friends, many of my listeners, many of the people that I connect with on a daily basis are not as aware of what's happening on a global level as we should. We get bogged down with our everyday grind. I have to get up. I have to go to work. i got to handle my handle. Let me pop into Facebook. Let me see what's going on on Twitter and be out. Where really, in fact, there's so many more things happening in the world around us, and it is of particular importance to me that if I can use this show and this platform as a vehicle to enlighten and inspire and empower you, I'm going to do it. That's what God tells me I need to do, and I am obedient. 
I don't know about you, but I have been on the other side of God's wrath, and it is not pretty, and it is not fun. So now I just try to walk in obedience as much as I can, and when I'm told to do something by the Spirit, I do it. So so in that space, that's where Cybrown Global comes from. I swear I don't sit in a lab and just cook this stuff up every day. I really don't. When I get inspired or when God puts something on my heart, I just uh, think it through, figure out how I can manifest it here in the natural and uh, bring it forward to uh, to you so you can learn a little bit more. And it's always good to leave the world a little bit better than it was than you found it. And so I really, it's my prayer that that's what I do, and you let me into your lives every single day. So I want to be, give a big shout-out to LaVon, who just joined me in the chat room. Hello, darling, and I will see you later. <laughs> So um, to all of those who will, are in the New York area, please join me tomorrow. I will be a Circle of Sisters, so check me out. But before I go to Circle of Sisters, I am co-hosting. Tomorrow is the my first time co-hosting Indie Soul Radio and the Indie Soul Brunch. So you can go to rhythmandsoul.com, and you'll be able to hear that show online. Big shout-out to Sean um, B. from Make It Happen Entertainment and Dan C.E., So we are broadcasting. I'm going up into Harlem tomorrow, and I'm going to record the show. I'll be on the air from 12 to 2. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Cy Brown, because I will be tweeting um, when the show goes live and how to listen to it. So I'm really excited. They extended the invitation for me to co-host with them, and I graciously accepted it. So that show is all independent music, like that soulful vibe, music that you won't hear on mainstream radio, just like here on the Cybrow Morning Show. I bring to you news that you won't necessarily hear um, or, or find in mainstream news. So I'm, I'm super excited to be on the air tomorrow. So that is from 12 to 2. So I will be shouting them out, and I will be tweeting, and then after that, I'm running over to Circle of Sisters. So if you're in the New York City area, hit me up on Facebook or hit me up on my blog, com. Maybe we can grab one of my favorite dollar slices of pizza. You, I, I'm a pizza. I just love pizza, period. Anybody who knows me knows I love pizza. And New York has these really cool spots where you can get pizza for a dollar, which in Jersey, where I live, a slice of pizza is like two bucks. But um, it's just fun. It's just good, you know, walking down the street eating hot, drippy cheese pizza. <laughs> so it's just a fun thing to do in the city. So uh, let's get right into this week in world news. Before we go into um, what's going on overseas, I have to start off today's report with the jobs report. The United States economy added 114,000 jobs in September, but the big number for today is unemployment is down under 8%. It is now 7.8%. Big shout out to our President Barack Obama, who is rocking it. I don't care what anybody says, and you know I've been very critical um, but he's 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 getting it off. He he he's got that off. The, it, the unemployment rate is now below eight percent, and that's what a lot of the Republicans were hounding him on. So I'm just going to read for the full report of this story. You can just log on to cybrownglobal.com, and it is the lead story on my website. Jobs report: U.S. economy adds 114,000 jobs. Um, and then we're going to get into what Jack Welsh, who was the former chairman of GE, has to say about it. And then also how this report affects 
the global economy because that's really what this whole thing is about today. So anyway, let me just read you a couple snippets from my blog, Cyberound Global, and then we'll continue on with um, this week in world news. Although the U.S. unemployment rate fell 7.8%, dropping below 8% for the first time in nearly four years and giving President Barack Obama a potential boost with the election a month away. The rate declined from 8.1% because the number of people who said they were employed soared by 873,000, which is an encouraging sign for the economy that's been struggling to create enough jobs. The number of unemployed Americans is now 12.1 million, the fewest since January of 2009. The Labor Department said employers added 114,000 jobs in September. It also said that the economy created 86,000 more jobs in July and August than the department had initially estimated. Wages rose in September and more people started looking for work. The revisions show employers added 146,000 jobs per month from July through September, which is up 67,000 from the previous three months. Here's where the numbers get really, um, we have to pay attention. The 7.8% unemployment rate for September matches the rate in January 2009 when Obama took office. So in the months after Obama's inauguration, the rate rose sharply and had topped at 8% for 43 straight months. The decline in the unemployment rate comes at a critical moment for Obama, who was coming off a weak debate performance this week against GOP challenger Mitt Romney. The September employment report may be the last that might sway undecided voters. The October jobs report will be released only four days before Election Day. So there's something that we have to really look at this. A lot of people, and I've, I've heard this already today, they are questioning the number. They're saying, oh, it's kabuki math. How did they figure this out? What was the basis for this report? And the thing that's so disheartening is that nobody questioned it when it remained over 8% for 43 straight months. Nobody said, hey, you know what, maybe it should be higher. They were happy with it. But now that it dips below 8% and for some reason, historically, the 8% mark is a big benchmark. I don't know why. I, I, that I don't know. But it, it really is. And when we look at the, the unemployment rate and now mortgage rates, mortgage rates to, to, to buy a home – are now averaging 3.36%. So if you take the fact that more people are working, that mortgage rates, you know, uh, to, to have a, a loan to buy a house is at an, a, a ridiculously low rate of 3.36% on average, I can only assume, as any intelligent person would, that our economy is getting better. We can't stay in the tank forever. The United States' ego is too big for us to stay in the tank forever. And we've been in the tank for a very, very, very long time. But if mortgage rates are low, America is now hiring, people are getting back to work, where do you fit into this equation? And that's the real question. We, you know, don't let this recovery happen and pass you by. I think now is a critical point and a, and a very important moment in your personal life to say, you know what, enough with the mumbling and the grumbling. It's time for me to lift myself out of this fog because we've been bombarded and buried in bad economic news, bad financial reports. Our bank accounts are, are in the red. However, 
If there was ever a moment to be optimistic, it's now. So based on that level of optimism, how are you going to change what you've been doing to catch up or be in alignment with where the world is going? That's the question. The real question is how are you, as a person, as a, as a, as a, a, a spiritual being mastering a human experience, going to change or reconfigure or recalibrate your life so that it is in alignment with the trend? That's the question I need you to ask yourself this weekend because if you think about it, the world is changing. The world is flat, hence why I started Cybrown Global. It's really a case study for us to better understand what the hell is going on across the world. Because this number, and I'll get into the next story in a minute, this number of unemployment and low mortgage rates, and by the way, the stock market is thriving right now. The stock market is thriving. Whether you have money invested in the stock market or not, it is thriving. So this is as it's evidenced as the rich are getting richer and the poor are still poor. However, we have an opportunity to fix that. The stock market is up, 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 up. It's been over twelve thousand for a while now. So I encourage you to Log on to Cybron Global, you will see, and it's not just necessarily a shameless plug, but I've tried to create a portal where you can find out what's going on in the stock market, what's going on with the uh, economics, what's going on with our currency, so that way you can better understand our new normal. To, to better understand our new normal, because it's no longer the dollar is strong, America is a global leader, we are one of many global leaders, but all economic indicators are correct. We've got people that are on our same level. We've got countries that are on our same level. And I shared with you the other day, there are 196 countries in this world. There are a couple that, you know, some numbers would say 193, but we're going based on who is with the United Nations. So when you look at that, we are up there, but I can't necessarily say that we're the number one country. We are a superpower, but, there's, but, but we're not where we were during thriving years, and a lot of it has to do with the economic policies that have taken place in our country um, over these last years. So that's something that we really, really have to look at. And when we're looking at the unemployment rate and how it affects our global partners, we really have to understand that although we're starting to not sputter anymore and we're catching our breath, we just have to do better. And it's, you know, when we look at these right-wing blogs like redstate.com, which I hate giving props to their website, but I want to always make sure that I let you know where I get my information from, they're accusing this jobs report as being perfectly timed with Obama's dismal display of leadership in this past week's debate. Obviously, redstate.com is... <laughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry, I'm getting over my cold, is a Republican or conservative website. But how how um, sneaky and conniving is it for them to just allude to the fact that, th that these numbers are fabricated? There, it would take too many people to fabricate these numbers. And I, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous, and I think it's nonsense. And where was redstate.com when 
the numbers were above 8%. They blamed him for everything. They blamed him publicly um, for so much of the ills that were going on in the United States, and it just really didn't make sense, and I didn't think it was fair. I think we have reason in so many instances to be critical of what has happened in our country, but, you know, when you're really looking at it, this has been in the works, honestly, since um, right after Nixon, going through the 70s, and when Bush, uh, I'm sorry, Ronald Reagan took office. That's And let me tell you, for all you Clinton lovers, he was a part of this, too. When he um, enacted into law NAFTA, which is the North American Free Trade Agreement, he, he opened up these barriers, which we thought was good at the time, but we just have to look at the collateral damage and the fallout when these things start to happen. So I, I wanted to share that with you. Before I go on um, and, and, and get into one more quick story that can be found on Cyber on Global, I just want to give a big shout-out to Sandy, who just joined us in the chat room, and I see you waving. I see your little <laughs> your icon waving. It's so adorable. <laughs> I love it. So I just want to say happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to everybody who's listening, and thank you for joining us here at the Cyber on Morning Show. Today's topic is This Week in World News, and it's, you know, we're talking about what impact does what's happening here in the United States have on other parts of the world, um, on other stories, and our, our economic outlook. I will share with you another one of my trusted news sources is the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. They give really, if you're looking for news that is hard-hitting, compelling, and doesn't have a left-wing, right-wing um, spin to it, check out BBC News. They are definitely one of the leading sources of, for my information for um, CyBrownGlobal.com. What's happening is, um, you know, economists, and I, and I was saying this at the top of the show, are saying that, you know, the economy is subdued. And generally we're seeing, you know, a mixed underlying picture that's not too impressive or not too terrible. Well, I don't know about you, but if I went to the hospital, you know, bleeding profusely, and within an hour they had, uh, you know, gauze, you know, over my wound, say it was in my arm, and it's not bleeding anymore but it's not healing, I'll take that. Because we were hemorrhaging money, we were hemorrhaging jobs, we were engaged in two wars, Iraq is over, we're still in Afghanistan. So I think being tepid is not such a bad thing. Um, another economist, and now I just switched over to BBC, another economist, Omar Eisner of the Rhode Island-based Commonwealth Foreign Exchange, he was a little bit more optimistic. He said the headline of the day, and this is a quote, the headline of the day is clearly the drop in the unemployment rates, which is a big surprise. There is something in these numbers for everyone. The rise in the participation rate shows somewhat of a real improvement in our labor market. He further tweeted, unbelievable job numbers. These Chicago guys will do anything, can't debate, so change numbers, in a, in a reference to Obama campaign, which is based in Chicago. His message was picked up by Republicans and conservative commentators, and they, and they jumped on it. You know, we're going to hear this for a while now. We're going to hear that these numbers are skewed. We're going to hear that, um, that the numbers are not justified because Obama just needed something to fix his image. Let us not forget that we were led into an unjustifiable, an unjustifiable war because they said we had weapons of mass destruction. The pretense for us going into the war was WMD. So we have to just understand 
on a very real and unemotional level that each side is always going to sway the facts marginally to their favor because politics is politics. However, when you look at the whole picture, you look at the comprehensive from beginning to end character and source of the information, it leads me to believe that these numbers are as accurate as possible. When we look at things that comes out of Fox News, RedState.com, the Drudge Report, all of these conservative, right-wing, Republican websites, again, let's look at the whole picture, the totality of it, and it makes you wonder how much truth there is as evidenced by all of the lies that were told during the debate. I was one of the first people that jumped on the bandwagon that said our president just didn't show up and he was invisible, and Romney won. And in large measure, he did. We are very emotional people. He came out with fire. He had quick answers. But he won based on a propaganda of lies. Regardless if he was lying through his teeth and Obama was as genuine as he could be, there was no emotion there. There was no fire there. There was no energy there. Now that the dust has settled and we start to look at the facts, we see, and even that night, anybody that follows politics like I do knows that Mitt Romney was embellishing, if not outright lying in a lot of areas. And that's why I said even with these unemployment numbers that came out today and its impact on global affairs and global economics, we have to look at the totality of the source from which the spin is coming from. So I, I, I encourage you, before we start making um, generalizations, we have to look at the source. It just got put in the chat room, um, all numbers are skewed. Man, that debate, whoa, yeah. Yes, at a time when job numbers usually fall off after the summer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And she put, still shaking my head. These are all quotes that, I mean, these are all things that are coming up in the chat room. I just think, you know, I don't know what, here's what we have to look at. We have to look at, you know, I'm a big believer in looking at the total package. <laughs> you know, I have people that absolutely love me, and I have people that just loathe me. But when you look at the total package, you'll find that, you know, I've got some good points and I've got some bad points, and that's with anybody that's human. But if we look at President Obama, and let's let's look at it in a real way, without whether you love him, hate him, or can be dismissive or indifferent either way. Although I feel and firmly believe he should have been more animated, compare his performance, and I hate to use the word performance, but that's really what these debates are. Anybody that's taken that participated in the debate club in high school, you'll know that this is all theatrics. Compare his performance to that from the 2008 debates with Hillary Clinton, uh, Lieberman, uh, who else was running in 2008? I can't even remember. Gosh, that's terrible. 2008 seems so long ago. Um, but, to, uh, but to those who were running in 2008, he was pretty dry back then as well. He's very cerebral. You know, he is a con he was a constitutional law professor. Let's not forget this guy was the president of the Harvard Law Review. You can't get any more cerebral than that. I put a picture up on my blog today, and I also put it on um, the Cyber Morning Show's page on Facebook, and it's a picture of the guy sitting on the stump thinking. 
and it says, you know, thinkers think and doers do. And then there's footprints because the, 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 the stump next to him is there's nobody there, but there's just footprints leading away. Obama is a thinker. My frustration came when he seemed to be too much in depth thought, in deep thought. Get your deep thinking out before you get on the stage. Have your talking points and say what you have to say. And all of these things, his, the theatrics, I mean, everything is orchestrated. And let me just digress one second. I remember my mother's sister, before my mother died, we were at my mother's house, and my aunt said she was voting for Obama because he, he smiled at her and he shook her hand. So evidently she went to some type of rally in California, and he smiled at her and shook her hand and took a picture. And I said to her, I said, Auntie, that's what all motivational speakers do. Well, you don't understand. He looked right at me, and I said, Auntie, that's what they're supposed to do. I'm a speaker for a living. When I get off the stage, my job is to shake hands, talk with people, look them in the eye, have empathy, and hear what they have to say because you are the people who are supporting us. And she refused to hear it. So getting back to the theatrics of the debate, it was it was orchestrated who even is coming on stage. If you notice, Obama's children were not there that night. Because just imagine if his children did come on stage. You know what people would have said? Oh, my goodness, it's a school night. They're all the way in Denver. The kids need to be getting ready for school, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's almost a, no, a no-win situation. So even the theatrics and, and the performance and what he did and what we saw as, you know, voters watching this, Mitt Romney had all these people up there and congratulating him. And honestly, he really did look like a winner. He really, he looked, it looked like a celebratory that he, you know, he just crossed the finish line, the theatrics of it. Obama was up there. Michelle gave him a hug. They shook hands and they left. And I talked about this the other day. Mitt Romney, however, stayed on the stage. His family came up. They were smiling. He looked like a winner. And the thing that's really scary about all of this is that people that are not astute to politics, like my auntie, who's just somebody who's a voter, who, who wants to be a good citizen. She, people like her see that and will assume, wow, Mitt Romney must have won. Obama left the stage. He's not there. Mitt Romney's there with his family. It's the theatrics of it. And that's the core of why I believe that everyone says Mitt Romney won. Now, again, we're talking today about this week in world news. How do people in other countries view the performance. That's the question. How do they view the, the the winner, I hate to say or loser, but the one who got their point across better when you're in another country and you're already uh, prohibited from understanding the complexities and the nuances because of the language barrier and you're just looking at things visually. Why the heck do you think Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook are now, well, first of all, Instagram and um, and, and uh, Pinterest are all visual, but Facebook is moving to mostly photos because that's what people see. So the implications that we have to look at and the results of how we're viewed really have to be taken into account on the world stage. I just want to read a couple things in the chat room before we run out of time. Uh Hey, but I don't, oh, yeah, mittens look like 
like he wants. Yeah, I love that mittens. I love that. I think I'm going to start calling him that mittens. <laughs> Sandy put that in the chat room. It, it's it's really important um, that we understand the theatrics and we understand the implications on a global audience. You are going to hear me talking about global everything a lot as we move the Cyber Morning Show forward because hopefully I will not become your only source for global news, but if we don't hunker down and realize that this world is becoming flatter and flatter and and the United States is becoming tanner and browner and darker, we're going to look up in 10 years and 5 years and 2 and a half years and say what happened, and that's exactly what I don't want to happen, not on my watch. Thank you so much for listening, and always remember we shall pass to this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, but we shall not pass this way again. Big shout-out to Pastor Montan, who just joined us in the chat room. Thank you so much, buddy, and I'm glad you got your copy of Life Remixed. Um, LaVon and Sandy, thank you for tuning in. Sandy, I got your address. Your copy of Life Remix is going out soon. Love you all for listening, and I'll see you soon.